Get back in control with Off the Wagon, adventures in emotional eating, health, and weight loss. Each episode containing fork-sized mindset tweaks, perspective shifts, and lifestyle hacks to get you back on the wagon. Whether it's habit change, emotional eating, addictions, weight loss, willpower, or relationships, there's something here for you. So let's get on the wagon and get down the road to your goals with me, Christy R. Hall. Welcome to episode 47, where today we're talking about how to handle enablers and needlers and food forcers and food pushers at the holidays. I wanted to continue our discussion of the holidays partially because they are so fully loaded emotionally, but also because this time of the year has the capacity to set you back on your health and wellness goals for weeks or even months. Research shows that this is the time of the year when a majority of the weight that we pick up for the year is gained. And for some of us, those couple pounds may never be released again. And while those few pounds are not likely to be a health concern or even noticed by anyone, they may be detrimental to your wardrobe or even your peace of mind. Last week, we discussed how holiday events and family get-togethers were a particular source of stress for a lot of people. Dealing with angry shoppers and family gatherings and the like were problematic. But there's another reason, actually two of them, that it's so easy to slip back into old habits and patterns of eating when the holidays roll around. And they are the enablers and the needlers or food pushers. So first things first, let's start with a few definitions. What is an enabler? Usually, When people talk about enablers, it's in relation to drug or alcohol addiction. An enabler is a person who encourages or enables negative or self-destructive behavior in another. How this plays out in emotional eating circles is that these people may turn a blind eye to your behavior. For example, if your family knows you're working on your sneak eating and hiding tendencies, but doesn't call you out on how often you've been excusing yourself and going to the bathroom or perhaps running to the car to get something you forgot only to snack on food when you get there and then come back with chocolate on your face. An enabler may not help you or try to provide support when they see that you're behaving in a weak or inconsistent manner, especially when it comes to food People have a tendency to completely ignore our eating behaviors, especially if it's a behavior that they themselves have. You may be trying to clean up your diet for the sake of your A1C, but will find no support from family members and friends who feel they would have to give up those same foods if they supported your decisions. Basically, a food pusher is someone who helps, guides, or even leads you to off-plan or unplanned eating behaviors. Oftentimes, these are family members who are concerned for your well-being, who may not be particularly comfortable with the choices that you're making. They may see your changes as threatening, 
to their established lifestyle or to their status quo. In some instances, they may have been counting on your participation and coercion to justify their own planned misbehavior. So no matter the tactic, I want to share with you some of the unhelpful suggestions that I've read about and heard and why they aren't that helpful for emotional ears. I've seen various people suggest things like, tell them you're not hungry. The problem with this strategy is that emotional eaters need not be hungry in order to eat. And even non-emotional eaters may have a bite or two that you as an emotional eater might choose to avoid. So simply suggesting that you're not hungry may not be enough to keep someone off your back. Another suggestion I've seen is to say that something, a food, doesn't agree with you. Again, this really only works if the food is relatively new. And around the holidays and family gatherings, you're more likely to be surrounded by traditional foods that you've eaten year after year. And if it didn't disagree with you last time, why would it disagree with you now? I've also seen, and admittedly even suggested, that you bring your own food or dish to a gathering, making sure to bring enough for everyone. And honestly, this suggestion only goes so far. To some hosts and hostesses, it will come off as offensive and may provoke them to push harder on you in order to prove that their food tastes good and that they are a good cook. It may be doubly offensive if you choose to eat nothing other than the dish you've brought. So just be careful and think hard before doing this. So what are some of the tactics that a food forcer or pusher might use? I'll give you some examples. And this is what we might call food pusher power play number one. Let's say you have a family member who struggles with, and you might even argue has mastered, the same problematic eating behaviors that you do. And like you, they stick to their established eating plan seven days a week or even five days a week, most weeks of the month, most months of the year, only allowing for the occasional off-road adventure in eating. But at the holidays, instead of being a buddy and a support structure to you, and in spite of knowing how you may also be struggling, your loved one suggests that it's the holidays can't you just eat normal for one day? What's one day going to hurt? You can start again tomorrow. The idea behind this power play is to get you to cheat on your plan. And that way, they won't feel so badly about their own indiscretions. If your loved one has been in the same boat, you can remind them or ask them to remember how difficult some of those first holidays were and ask for support. If they aren't on the same path as you and don't know the struggle, it may be easier to simply say that this is your normal and that you don't have any foods that are off limits, but that whatever the food is doesn't look particularly appetizing to you. Obviously, this plan is easier when you're living a lifestyle rather than on a short-term diet. Now, Food pusher power play number two example might be your grandma who knew 
that you were going to be there. And so she made your absolute favorite dessert extra special just for you. Now, you may or may not have told her about your eating plan and why you're doing what you're doing. Either way, you can politely say, no thank you. And chances are, she'll spend the rest of the afternoon making backhanded comments about ungrateful grandchildren and how she makes every dessert with love and how she just doesn't understand what she did to make you so mad at her. Understand that making food, taking care of, is one of the ways that some people show their love. For these folks, turning down one of these offerings is like saying you don't love them anymore. You may find it easier to get a cookie or a slice and then just pick and poke at it while everyone else is watching the game and then make your way to the kitchen and throw it out. You could also consider mentioning that you're trying not to overeat, something that a lot of folks do, and ask to take some home for later. And then when you're home, it's up to you what you do with it. Alternatively, you can explain what you're doing and why you're doing it and hope that she can understand. Power play number three is all about being fueled by jealousy. And it may sound something like, but you're already so thin, or you've already lost enough weight, or you're already so healthy, or you can afford to eat. This is particularly problematic if you have family members or loved ones with excess weight who feel that they also need to release some pounds, but haven't found the motivation to do so yet. Because they see your progress and may be forced to reckon with their own failure to make progress towards their goal, they may seek to derail you from yours. It's important to remember that whatever they're saying, it's not really about you. It's about themselves. So do the best that you can to not get defensive about it. Basically, your defense or your block for this power play is simple. Simply acknowledge any compliment that they give you, even if it's a backhanded one, and simply say that you'll get some when and if you get hungry again. It's important to understand and remember that you don't have to eat any food you don't want to, regardless of who's pressuring you to do so. Lastly, but finally, not leastly, and I know that's not a word, <laughs> What do you do when people simply question your way of eating, your dietary choices, or other lifestyle choices? This often happens when the news or social media outlets come out against a certain plan of eating, or if a certain way is considered too extreme. Examples of this might be raw or vegan or vegetarian, fruitarian, um, macrobiotic, ketogenic, low-carb, um, a liquid or juice-based diet, or something similar. This question, this problem, is a really hard one. Last year, Ben McDonald from the Impulsive KetoCast and I tried to tackle this exact same question on his podcast. And the truth is, is that if you're just trying to avoid an argument, it might be easier just to win in Rome 
the whole day and eat whatever you need to, to avoid suspicion and ridicule, and then hope that you can get back on track afterwards. Yes, it's absolutely risky, and it may not really be in alignment with your physical or biological health and wellness goals, but keeping the peace may in fact be in alignment with your emotional or your psychological goals of trying to remain as stress-free as possible. And that's still something. One more suggestion that I've seen is to simply refuse to discuss it. Whether it's politics or food, I've rarely seen this tactic work effectively. Many times it creates undue curiosity about what you're doing and why you're being so secretive about it. But because you are refusing, you may open yourself up to additional pushing and goading. After all, we're talking about food pushers, and these are typically folks who are used to getting their way with you. And that probably applies across the board and not just to food. So when you Google how to deal with food pushers, you'll find that even professionals and PhDs like Judith Beck, who is a pioneer in the weight loss mindset arena, often suggest that we simply blame it on our doctors especially if we're reluctant to assert ourselves. In fact, this ended up being a similar suggestion last year when Ben and I discussed it. And while we were talking about eating a ketogenic diet and living a ketogenic lifestyle, your doctor could be a proper scapegoat for getting friends and family off your back when they're pushing food on you or are otherwise questioning your lifestyle choices. But I'll be honest, the suggestion somewhat bothered me when we suggested it then, and it still kind of bothers me now. It bothers me because it's diminishing to you as a person. It provides reinforcement to your subconscious that your reasons and desires are not reason and desire enough. That you, as an adult, as a human, have no authority over your body other than what someone else gives you. Making one of these false excuses to keep people from attacking you makes you feel weak and small. Hiding behind a fake doctor and his prescription for your health seems cowardly to me. I understand why people do it, and before you think I'm passing judgment on you, if that's your choice, I'll tell you up front. I've done it myself in my past. I've made some BS excuses. I've lied to keep someone off my back. I've eaten foods that I've had intolerances to just to keep it all together and avoid the struggle. But in my heart, I always felt bad about it. I felt bad for the lie. I felt bad for giving in when I didn't really want to. I felt bad for compromising myself and my beliefs in order to keep someone from being mad at me or worse, just questioning me. So before you commit to the falsehood of my doctor is making me, or even if your doctor really is making you, instead of lying about it or hiding behind the doctor's stethoscope, ask yourself this, why aren't you owning up to your desires for your health, your body, your well-being? Why aren't you owning up to your decisions and standing firm in them? I mean, 
You want this, right? You're choosing to make these decisions, whatever they are, right? It is still your body, correct? I get it. By taking responsibility for your decisions and taking ownership for your body, then you feel obligated to stand up for and justify those decisions, to back them up with hard and irrefutable proof, even though you may not have any. You feel that if it's just you with no certificate, no diploma, and no degree to confer on you the authority over your own body and life, that it opens you up to be pressed, converted, and talked out of whatever you're doing. But the people who press you into eating something you don't want, they aren't respecting your no. And we've been taught no means no, right? And the people who try and talk you out of your decisions, who try to hard sell you into choosing something else, they aren't respecting your desires, your decisions, and your boundaries. And I get that this is likely a larger problem than Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner or family get-togethers. And so it's unlikely that you're going to be able to get it resolved in one conversation or bout of rebellion. But if you've never had an open and honest conversation about how you feel about other people offering their unsolicited opinions on your choices, maybe now is a good time to open up that dialogue. The truth is, is that you can't make someone respect your boundaries, but that doesn't mean that you should bend to someone else's will. And many times, people don't really look at the other side of a conversation. That is, they look at how they feel about your decisions, but they don't really think about how they would feel if you were constantly questioning their decisions and pushing them towards other choices. It will help foster compassion for yourself and the persons you're dealing with if you realize that the root of the problem is fear. They are afraid you're making a bad decision or that you may be harming yourself. It's also important to realize that some minds may never be changed. Like there are a whole group of people out there who will never believe that fat isn't bad for you. So you have to learn to pick your battles. That said, these days I'm pretty open about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. If someone questions me, I explain what I experience when I go off plan. And I explain that I have made a personal decision to not do or eat certain things because they're just not worth it to me anymore. And if they think I'm weak for not giving in and having the cake and getting back on the wagon tomorrow, that's fine. I don't really care because I'm the one who has to live with my decisions, not them. And at the end of the day, I'm making the right ones for me. And when someone pushes a food on me in an attempt to keep the peace and maintain my personal integrity, I've had pretty good success with saying, not right now, or maybe I'll get some in a bit. Generally, this deflates their resistance because I'm not giving them a firm no, which seems to provoke questions and pushing, 
it's kind of loose, ambiguous, and I've found that generally people will leave me alone. Then it's up to me whether or not I ever get around to getting some. And I really feel like regardless of whether or not you tell a fib or blame it on your doctor or say nothing and eat all the things, it's really about are you doing what's right and best for you? Are you making decisions that you can live with? Consequences that you want to accept? Because grandma will likely get over the fact that you didn't eat a piece of her cake. But will you get over the fact that you let yourself down again? That you put someone else's thoughts about your body, your weight, your eating habits in front of your own thoughts and beliefs and intentions for your health and wellness? Remember, you don't ever, 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 ever have to justify your decisions for how you eat or for not eating something. It's your body and it's your life. Okay, I hope this has been helpful for you today. And before I forget, I want to invite you to download a very short hypnotic affirmation that I'm hoping will help you to stand strong and firm in your convictions, your desires for your health and your wellness over the holidays, and hopefully empower you to not bend to those food pushers if you uh, are faced with them over the holidays. So again, I encourage you to download that if you're interested, if hypnosis uh, helps you or you find it um, interesting, or even if you just want to try it out. If you have any questions or just want to talk to me about how you plan to tackle the holidays, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas or even New Year's, I would love to talk to you. You can find me on Facebook at fb.me forward slash coach Christy R. Hall or at my website, www.christyrhall.com. Thanks so much for listening in, and I'll talk to you soon.